breaking news from The Athletic. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside from The Athletic NHL back with some more breaking news and not to overstate it, but maybe the biggest shoe to drop in the NHL free agent market. We've been talking about it for days, wondering if it was going to happen. And now Jesse Granger, our man in Vegas, here to confirm Alex Petrangelo, the newest member of the Vegas Golden Knights, signing a whopper $8.8 million a year salary for seven years. Jesse, it's still a bit shocking now that it's happened. I know you've been been waiting, prepping for this for days now, but still for me, a little bit shocking that Alex Petrangelo is now a Golden Knight. Yeah, and it, it wasn't without its drama. Um, maybe less than an hour before he actually agreed to the deal, um, I reported that he flew back to St. Louis. He flew back to St. Louis last night, and I think that that kind of led people to believe that maybe this wasn't going to happen. Maybe he wasn't going to be a golden knight, but uh, all things turn out all right for Vegas in the end, and they get a really, really good defenseman that's going to help them a lot. All right, so I, I, you know, I'm, I don't know, think I'm cynical necessarily, but I'm wondering what the bigger story is that the Golden Knights actually sign Alex Petrangelo, the biggest defensive name, maybe the biggest name of all on the UFA market, uh, St. Louis Blues captain, Stanley Cup champion, just a year ago with the Blues. Is that the bigger story, or is it what Vegas is going to have to do now to get salary cap compliant before the start of the twenty? 21 season that might be the bigger story in terms of the makeup of the Golden Knights roster. Yeah, you mentioned it. This was the biggest piece, but they still have a lot of work to do. Um, as of right now, they are a little under $7 million over the salary cap, 6.92 if you add that uh, Petrangelo contract in there. So they, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, I think the piece that everyone kind of looks to immediately is Marc-Andre Fleury, and he's making $7 million. So that would clear all of it. But from what I've heard, they have been trying to, they've been shopping him around. They've been gauging interest and there hasn't been a lot. And and that was before the goalie market settled. And now that we had all these, all this goalie movement in free agency, I think it's going to be an even tougher market to move him. So maybe they're going to have to look elsewhere. Um, a guy like Nate Schmidt makes a pretty decent salary at 5.95 million. He's, he's probably the guy that Petrangelo is replacing um, as their top defenseman. So I could see him moved also. But yeah, like you said, the Golden Knights have a lot of work ahead of them, even after signing Petrangelo. Um, yeah. And is there a sense of uh, if you can't move Marc-Andre Fleury, now you have 12 plus million dollars, well, $12 million in goaltending with Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury, which is not a great number to have in a flat salary cap world. Um, but doesn't it sort of seem self-defeating if you have to move a prominent member of your blue line core to make room for Alex Petrangelo if you can't move Fleury or... Uh, is it still enough of a, an upgrade to bring in a guy like Alex Petrangelo, even if you end up moving a guy like Nate Schmidt? Yeah, well, I mean, Alex Petrangelo is a lot better than Schmidt, so it's clearly an upgrade, but I agree with you. Um, if they could find a way to not move Nate Schmidt, that would be ideal because then not only do you get the benefit of Alex Petrangelo, but you also get the benefit of now Nate Schmidt doesn't have to be that top guy because he's done a decent enough job as the number one guy for the Golden Knights, but that's not where, I mean, he's he's a low-end number one defenseman in the league, and, and now if you bump him down a spot, all of a sudden he can maybe he can play with Shea Theodore. That makes your defensive group look a lot better. Um, if it was me, I would probably be trying to move someone more like Alec Martinez, who's a defenseman that plays a little further down the lineup. He makes four million, so that wouldn't do that wouldn't do it. You'd have to make another move. But um, 
I, I agree with you that if you move Schmidt, all of a sudden it's like, okay, this, this huge asset that you're getting in Petrangelo, you're not getting the full benefit of that because you're losing your, your top defender and Shea Theodore is their best defenseman, but their best defender is probably Nate Schmidt prior to this Petrangelo signing. You know what? I, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of GMs around the NHL who, of course, um, Know, twisted themselves into knots during the Vegas expansion draft process. And really, you have to give George McPhee, the uh, GM at the time, credit for taking full advantage of that. But uh, George's replacement, Kelly McCrimmon, nobody's throwing him any lifelines uh, right now in, in terms of moving uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, or I assume when it comes to moving another asset, uh, if it comes to that. Do you think at some point Vegas is sort of may get boxed into the kind of corner you know, where they have to give up, whether it's a first round pick or a top prospect in order to make the deal that's going to get them under the cap. I mean, is it is there a little bit of the shoe being on the other foot, do you think, right now? Definitely. Um, and I think you saw that in Tampa Bay. They they <laughs> tried to get out of their situation by using the waiver wire and that didn't work for them. And, and it seems like teams are finally smartening up. Let's not help these talented teams that are in cap trouble. Uh, just let them easily get out of their cap trouble. So um, if I'm the rest of the league, I'm definitely uh, holding McPhee over the fire a little bit the way he did on the other foot in expansion. So um, I think there's a little bit of that. I also think that the two years on Fleury's deal makes a big difference. I think if it was just one year, I think there would be teams saying, you know what, We're, we'll take on that cap space. Fleury's a good goalie. He's a usable piece in the NHL and he's uh, we we can get an asset for it. But I think that second year, teams are a little iffy, especially without knowing uh, the the financial unknown that we have in the NHL right now. People don't know where revenue is going to go. People don't know where the cap's going to go. So I think that second year is what's making it so difficult for them. Well, let's assume that Kelly McCrimmon and uh, George McPhee at all find a way out of this. There's no question that Vegas remains on paper, having added Alex Petrangelo, and the goaltending is going to be incredible. It, they're one of the top teams now on paper as we start to project into 2021, whenever that might be. Interesting day, though, Colorado. Also sort of the arms race in the Western Conference. Brandon Saad going. Uh, they just pick up uh, um, Devin Tays from the New York Islanders. Lots going on between the two teams that we thought were going to ultimately meet in the Western Conference final this summer, fall, and it didn't turn out that way. But, Jesse, do you see this now as a two-team conference in the Western Conference, given the work of uh, Joe Sackett, the GM in Colorado, and Kelly McCrimmon in, in Vegas right now? I definitely think they're the top two teams for sure. But uh, I mean, you can't count out Dallas. They they clearly showed that they can can beat these teams in the playoffs. I don't expect them to be quite as good next year. I think that this playoffs was a great run by them. I don't know if they're quite as talented as Colorado and, and Vegas, but also St. Louis. I mean, they it, it hurts them to lose Petrangelo, but they covered themselves really well by signing Tory Krug. I think that's a great signing. And and they if Tarasenko can stay healthy, we haven't really seen them, what they look like with a healthy Tarasenko in a long time. So um, I, I think Colorado and Vegas are clearly the best two teams in the West, and, and it's kind of an arms race between those two. But at the same time, those other Central Division teams look really good. For me, the question is, who's going to compete with the Golden Knights for the Pacific Division? Because this division has been down for a couple of years, and it seems like the Golden Knights keep getting stronger, and the other teams aren't going the right direction. Yeah, no, I think you're right on the money there, Jesse. It's certainly, listen, you don't win the Stanley Cup. I remember writing this a couple of years ago that, you know, the Dallas Stars had won the offseason and uh, 
miss the playoffs. So you know, you can win the offseason, but it might not mean much. But boy, it's hard uh, not to imagine that when we get ready to play hockey in 2021, uh, that a lot of people won't be penciling the Vegas Golden Knights into uh, maybe a, at least a Western Conference Final and, and maybe much more than that. So uh, anyway, thank you so much, uh, Jesse Granger, our fine Vegas Golden Knights reporter for coming and hanging out with us. And thanks for joining our breaking news coverage. Go to the Athletics' new headlines section for much more on this story. And to get access to all of the Athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash newspod, where you can join for just $1 per month.